Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to Comic Book Club Live. Please give it up for your hosts, Alex and Justin. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. Right. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. Turn and that's up. our man of the booth, Booth Man Prime. Booth Man Prime. There Coming in is. hot here. What's Coming that? in hot. Coming, Coming out. out. That's very loud to my ears. Yeah, no, you're doing great. You sound great. Do you're I? strong. It's like you grow more great. youthful every time I no, see you. I'm doing real great. Uh, uh, yeah. Great. Real good. Uh, Pete's not here tonight. No. So I can finally relax a little bit. With, uh, <laughs> a little Cyclops shirt. Oh, a Cyclops shirt. Yeah. But just keep... Uh, real quick question. Week. Because he, he texted us at the beginning of the day, like after I was already at work, to say, hey, I'm feeling a little sick. Mm-hmm. Which usually I expect that sort of thing at the beginning of the day. Yeah. So I know what to expect. Right. Not okay. Midday. I'm just wondering, when did you put on the shirt? When you... I wear this every day, and only when Pete's not around do I tear it open. Like, a, okay. like some sort okay. of t-shirt magician. Nice. Um, well, it's a cool shirt. Thank you. Yes. And a given... cooler character. Uh, me? Yes. Oh, great. Uh, you mean Cyclops. That's nice. Uh, Alex, um, one thing we should talk about, uh, I mentioned a minute, minute ago that you're getting uh, more youthful by the day, but that's actually the opposite Thank of true. You're getting older by the day, okay. and you're about to celebrate another year in the books. Uh, yes. What did you turn your eyes over to these people in the crowd? Oh, Would you look hello. at the crowd? Hi, really hi crowd. How are you? Uh, so we have a special. Uh, your birthday is this week? It's next week. Yes, it's in a week. Right. Well, but we don't celebrate out on your birthday because that's you might be not here. Oh. Uh, so we have presents for you from oh my lovely, gosh. Oh, you uh, guys. John and Aaron and the crowd. This whole surprising people a week in advance thing. That's uh, how you surprise what? people. That's how you surprise oh, people is you luck. do stuff right. not on the day when it happens. All right. Well, I already see there's some napkins in here, and I'm pretty wet. That's why. Yep. So. That, Oh, sorry. That's good. The napkins are for you. The rest of the stuff is for some other people. <laughs> That's good. So, should I? Is there an order to this at all? Or eat all, eat all the napkins? Oh, and then no. it? I would save the napkins for last because there's a big surprise in there. <laughs> okay. In the napkins. All right. Great. Uh, I'm going to clear this napkins. off. I'm going to off. I apologize to our guests. who are going to have to wait a second. Thank you so much. You are all. 
too kind. A happy Thank birthday. you. A I was not early. expecting a week before the That's show. That's right. That's why I keep my. <laughs> here we go. First of all, I keep uh, my unicorn, landlord. I keep my landlord on his toes unicorn by paying paper. my rents randomly at different days. Yes, this is great. I love the unicorn paper. My daughter loves unicorns. I'll uh, give her a bunch of ripped. Do you want me paper. to hold this microphone so you can use two no, hands? No, no, no. I, I don't need it. Oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, happy birthday, Alex, with a picture of a that's bear. That's very cute. It makes, that's, that's a drawing. Very nice. That's a hand-drawn drawing this using is. more than one color, which oh, is not easy go. to do. Oh, it's a T-shirt as well. Nice. As very yours, we could be T-shirt friends. Yeah. And this, of course, is uh, Chili Down with the Wildfire, with the Wild Gang from Labyrinth, uh, which Labyrinth. is awesome. This is great. They uh, fucking freaked me out. So thanks. Yeah, great. I'm gonna hide this uh, very deep Stay under my bed. Stay scared. You can add That's that great. to your uh, three t-shirt rotation. Um, <laughs> Come on, Dad. I have four t-shirts. Yeah, the no, Batman, Star Thank Wars. You. This and is amazing. This one, uh, Labyrinth is absolutely one of my favorite movies. So that is an incredible gift. Uh, even if the wildfires taking off everybody's heads did uh, upset me a lot. Uh, Alex, definitely keep vamping while you open these presents with one hand. <laughs> uh, you should definitely do all of these things at once. What? Uh, so this is Star Wars Pozu, which I can only assume is some sort of Japanese food in here. That's It's in a shoebox. Maybe that's a stronger clue. Oh, my God. Because it is shoes. Wow. <laughs> These it's are Star shoes. Wars shoes. This is amazing. Those I've are never... Star Wars themed shoes with Star Wars ships on them. Yes. You got your X-Wing. You got your Raylo. You got your Finpo. All the ships are on there. Yep. All the relationships. Yes. The ultimate way to travel is in a relationship. Here. Should I give you this microphone? Uh, that's what I was trying to say earlier, but you didn't agree. Because you. I understand stagecraft. I'm a collect. Oh. Uh, Oh, look, it's, it's a, a mask it's, of it's my a, face. I was just going to make that joke. <laughs> That's a, weird. A mask of Alex's face with slightly smaller ears. <laughs> huh. Just kidding. It's Yoda. That's yeah, why that was a, a mean mask. thing to say. Yeah, no, it's fine. I also made the same joke. Uh, that also is amazing. It's like fully uh, that's articulated. Great. I do feel like I need to take this out and wear this the rest of the show, and our guest will appreciate it. Definitely. It's, uh, uh, and the last thing is these napkins. Napkins, napkins, <laughs> napkins, napkins. And this is great because I actually did need to get napkins. Yes, amazing. That's how you, it's like the gift of the Magi. <laughs> no, this is fantastic. It was the last thing on my shopping list. And I wrapped those, and let me say, the surprise is one of them's dirty. <laughs> oh, with Guess what? With what? what? That's the surprise. Oh, Thank you so much. This is fantastic. You are too kind. Uh, and we promise for those of you who aren't here, who just listen to us open presents week after week, <laughs> this is the last time we'll be doing it for now. It's so nice, but uh, we're not going to have birthdays for Here's years Here's the thing. Now. I just want to mention that each of our guests has a birthday coming up every week. Yeah. This is the birthday show. This is the birthday show. Should we welcome out our guest? Uh, yes, unless we uh, have other any other presents coming anybody, out. Anybody else? Anybody else bring me presents? Okay, next week's my real birthday, so you have time. Uh, nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is your birthday now. Let's bring out our guest. He is the author of the amazing graphic novel, The Twilight Man. Ladies and gentlemen, Corinne Shadby! Yeah, come on out. Come on down. Right over there. Hello. Here, That's please, great. watch out. Thanks so much for coming. Uh, Thanks for having me. What did you bring me? What else? Oh, <laughs> no, I, this is my, awkward. You know, nothing. Sorry. Oh, uh, that's, that's right. good. That's right. 
That's uh, you brought yourself, and that is good enough. I'm excited to have you here to talk about your book, The Twilight Man. Uh, this is all about Rod Serling it of is. the Twilight Zone fame, of other things fame. Yeah. Uh, what, what intrigued you about Rod Serling? How did this project kick off? Well, uh, I'm originally from Israel, so I never actually saw The Twilight Zone on TV. I only saw it uh, when it became available on Netflix here. So, um, oh, wow. you know, I know everybody here grows up seeing it in syndication again and again on television. Um, but you know, I knew what it was from all these like pop culture references, like the Simpsons and all these, you know, even I think, um, wonder years had a a twilight zone episode, like a lot of places like had references. So I knew what it was, but I was like, Oh, this cheesy, like 1950s show. And then when it became available, I was like, okay, let me give this a go. And I was just like hooked. I thought it was incredible. And I was really curious about this guy who was the presenter who later I found out was also the creator slash producer slash writer and just kind of this, you know, jack of all trades. Weird man. Now, if there was no Twilight Zone in Israel, was there an anthology series of any sort? Yeah, there was. I grew up uh, seeing the reboot. Um, So I think it was the 80s reboot and everything made it to Israel later. So the 80s reboot was made it to Israel in the 90s. Um, so I did see that. Yeah, it was very random. Like some old American TV shows did make it. Like Star Trek, the old Star Trek did make it. And the uh, Wonder Years, obviously. The Wonder Years did make <laughs> Popular it. Popular export, uh, the Wonder that's Years. That's a weird choice. There was a lot. Of, I'm actually surprised that Twilight Zone didn't make it because most of the big ones did. Like even like I Love Lucy and stuff like that was on TV when I was growing up. So uh, it was kind of like everything came in delay. So you were choosing between doing a Fred Savage uh, book, exactly, and a Rod Serling. Yeah, obviously. that's actually my next book, Fred Savage. Sorry, you blew me blue. Oh, you know? yeah, the right, Wonder blue. Man. Yeah, the yeah the Wonder Man. Yeah, <laughs> you can hear I'm, how excited I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Thanks for blowing up our dreams. Yeah. Uh, so when you were putting together the book, when you were actually researching Rod Serling, uh, it goes through a good chunk of his life. What? Did you find out about him? What was surprising? What was interesting? Uh, a lot. I mean, um, there is kind of a parallel between him and a lot of the comic book guys to tie it into comics. Um, you know, the Kirby and all those guys that went to World War II. So he went, you know, served in World War II and he was a paratrooper um, and he just saw a lot of carnage and he was in, you know, saw a lot of his friends die uh, in the Philippines and and uh, basically had... had what they call now PTSD, but back then it was like, oh, you just have, you know, shell shock, you know, take some get sleeping pills and have yeah. some cigarettes. Yeah, and get yeah, over drink it. it, drink it off, you know, be a man. And, uh, but, you know, basically every night of his life he would wake up with these awful nightmares. And I think that helped fuel the Twilight Zone. So when you learn about his army years, you're really kind of starting to understand this is why the Twilight Zone is so dark and you know, has this kind of surreal uh, feeling to it. So, you know, I learned about that. He, you know, learned about his early days in radio, his rise to, tell. you know, during the TV early days of television. I didn't know much about that. So it was interesting to just find out how TV started. And it started actually in New York. Um, and TV shows were, were broadcast live. So uh, if you screwed up or someone tripped, like the whole U.S. would see it because everything was live. So... 
Um, That'd be great. It's the same way. That's how they film NCIS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's oh, they, do a lot. <laughs> they just don't make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. They're just perfect at it. Uh, now, what made a graphic novel the right form for this, though? It's because certainly you wouldn't necessarily... We've, we've talked about a lot of biographies here at the show. We've yeah. certainly reviewed a lot of them, had different biographers on. But on its surface, you wouldn't necessarily think that this would be the perfect visual medium for this thing, but what made it the perfect visual medium? Well, I think, first off, you also need to think, um, you know, are, are the comic book audience going to be interested in this? And I think there's a lot of crossover. Um, you know, a lot of, like, you know, comic book nerds are really into the Twilight Zone, too. So I think a lot of the comic book people would be interested and curious to find out what's the deal with this guy, you know, the man behind the show. Um, there are biographies about him, and they're, like, really thick. So I think a comic book, a graphic novel is, like, really digestible and a lot easier to for people to consume. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I just... Um, the Twilight Zone is very visual, so I wanted to give the the, sh- the sorry the book that kind of spin, that visual spin that you feel in the Twilight Zone, that, like, eerie, you know, um, uh, strangeness, but also for it to be realistic. So it should feel kind of like, you know, if it's in the 50s or in the 60s, it's kind of has like a level of realism. So, no, did you have any like uh, fucked up dreams as you got deeper and deeper into uh, Rod Sterling? Yeah, I had. I, de- I definitely talking about that. I did have. I w- woke up one morning and I was like telling my wife, I, I you spoke to Rod Serling in my dream tonight, and I don't remember the details, but he wasn't. You know, I don't. He was think like, he "Hey, was- man." Take a couple pounds off. <laughs> yeah. And make me look a little nice, okay? Yeah. Let's just, I'll haunt you, dude. Yeah. He had a knife to my throat. Yeah. No, I don't remember the details, but I do remember he, he did show... I was, like, so deep into it that he did show up in my dreams a few times, yeah. yeah. Well, on the same note, given that you didn't grow up watching The Twilight Zone, now that you've read the book, uh, are you an expert? Have you watched every episode? Have you dealt yeah, in? Yeah, I've watched, you know, I, I'm not... I wouldn't call myself an expert because I have not watched them... Um, times enough for me to be an expert. Uh, I watch them all, some of them a few times, but I'm not one of those guys that I was like, you know, I've seen time enough at last, like 40 times, and I know, you know, the thing that's on the, you know, we were we had an evening um, a few a few weeks ago for the Twilight Zone at SVA, and we were screening episodes, and one of the guys, uh, Nick Parisi, he was like a, a Rod Serling expert, and one of the trucks had a, you know, a, a name of a shop, like, a, Resnick. yeah, Resnick's. And oh, it was like, yeah, go. Arlen was also, it was in the crowd, it was also in that evening. And and then he's like, yeah, that's a, that's a shop from Serling's hometown in Binghamton that was, you know, open in the 30s. And I'm he's like, from- I'm not at that level, no. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a little uh, extra. You know, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how badly you need to know that to yeah, really yeah. get the mystery there. I yeah. know that the cookbook, they're cooking people. Ah, I know ah. That. wow! I know that part. I don't want to brag or anything. Great. I uh, think I actually only saw the Simpsons episodes. So I was going to say you just watched the Simpsons. Episode. I did. I'm just extrapolating from there. Uh, oh, good job! Uh, what a fan. Um, he's from Binghamton. Interesting, because yeah. that's a place of nightmares. It the is town of Binghamton. New well, York. I was there actually uh, three weeks ago for something called uh, Serling Fest. So there was uh. like a 60th because it's the 60th anniversary for the show. They had a big kind of festival, and it's it is a little strange. You know, it's a, it's a pretty town, but you know, 
I don't know. It's, it's, it's not a, little, a beautiful town. I'm from Syracuse, upstate New York, yeah. and that whole region is has the most uh, gray days of the year, yeah. many years yeah, in yeah, a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do think that uh, maybe makes you crazy. Yeah. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> what happens at Serling Fest? Um, you know, these like really intense fans of the show um, came from all over from like North Carolina and from like some came from England, and I'm like... Mm. You're coming all the way from England to see Binghamton, New York. Like it seems yeah, like a, a little disaster. strange. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, but you know, everybody was like super nice, and and um, and they, they, you know, I sold out the book, so it was you know very well, that's nice. great. Yeah. Do people come dressed in costumes? No, sadly, no. Um, I was hoping for like you know. You mean um, a suit? <laughs> yeah, a suit and a tie. There, there was like Whoa, a there was a people were dressed like real slobs. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you pulled it there off. Was I big... was wearing a Sterling Cosplay at my wedding. Nice. Oh, yeah. The, the Latin, I didn't tell my Did wife. Did you have a that. cigarette? Consider, if you will, you marry me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what a Twilight Zone episode we've been on. Uh, <laughs> yes, I would secretly smoke um, afterwards and late at night. Yeah. Okay. Have you watched the new Twilight Zone? I did. I did. I, I watched about Ooh, interesting. Oh. Yeah, I watched about There's like no three or four episodes, and then like I was like, my wife was like, "Let's keep watching." I was like, "No, I'm not gonna keep watching this." I was just so I thought it was so bad. Like, really, I just really don't like it. What did you What did you think in particular? Was um, it's just. And I guess we won't be sealing Twilight Man <laughs> to Jordan Peele. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, yeah. I'm just gonna be honest. I didn't. I didn't like it. Um. It's just. It's try. It kind of tries to be loyal to the original show but it because of that i think it extra doesn't work um like i think that uh black mirror is a much better reboot of the twilight zone yeah. like you need to set it in the 21st century it has to deal with like you know one of the episodes the woman deals with he has she has like this this video camera that takes her back in time and it's like the video camera like wh- what is this like what is the 90s like yeah. it's just I, I don't know. I just I didn't like it. They were too long. I watched a bunch of them, and they were all like forty-five minutes an hour, which sort Mm -hmm. of felt like there's a certain. Not that the Twilight Zone is supposed to be cagey. I feel like most of the time, like it is very straightforward in terms of here's the concept you're following. Yeah, it's not all about like this mind-blowing twist. And it's mostly half an hour. Most of them are only or twenty-something minutes. Yeah, the um, length when you go past half an hour, I think it lets you get ahead of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's also part of the problem. I, I, I just feel like, uh, to your point about like they tried to mimic the old style, I think that's that's where they got off track. Because like that type of storytelling, we've moved. We're it faster doesn't work now. anymore. Yeah, yeah, we don't save the twist for the last yeah. second. We, really. we watched. Like that uh, and... I, I screened when I had the Twilight Zone episode. Uh, sorry, the Twilight Zone evening. Uh, the episode I screened was uh, "I Have the Beholder," which is one of the most classic episode with the, you know the pig people, oh, and yes, then yes. Uh, and uh, and there's a scene where they like unwrap her face from all the bandages, and it lasts for like a minute. And afterwards, my wife was like, "I was having a panic attack when they were like unwrapping. <laughs> it just <laughs> took so forever, funny. you know." And so it's I, I I think it's just not some of the stuff is not you know. I love the idea that now we dread the Twilight Zone because it's so slow. But in <laughs> yeah. fact, then it was like. Wait, she's beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> she was ugly. She was supposed to be ugly. And she's beautiful. Yeah. Fuck. 
and now it's like, why is she taking so long with the reveal? That's, the, that's the a horrifying part. Yeah. 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 You know who they should get to remake the Twilight Zone is the guys who do Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah, That'd be dude. pretty sweet. Those guys really know how to hold on to information. Well, for that's what I'm saying. Time. Like, dude is like, finally, I'm alone to be in a library. A car drives to the library. He's like, get in, fucker. We're gonna fight. Yeah, that's good. Fuck you! The, I'm gonna break your glasses right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's you, the book. You love books. Here's Later, <laughs> half an hour. Why do you need that? Thirty yeah. seconds. Stops. Exactly. The Get Twilight or, or the, Vin Vin Diesel narrating the new Twilight Zone. Yeah, oh, that's. I good. would. I would love that. Yeah. And you could call it the Twilight Pizone. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Sponsored by failed pizza place. Pizza. <laughs> exactly. Very old pizza. Or some products. energy drink, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be sponsored. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, no, I'm saying that if Vin Diesel was... Right, the, the, uh, the bandage like, one could be sponsored by Monster Energy. Exactly. Drink. Or yeah. Bang or whatever. Yeah, whatever bang. it is. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, we're going to make a yeah, lot of money yeah. off of it. What, what do you drink, Bang? <laughs> I don't. I just see ads for it, and I'm like, this is really funny. But this is real? Bang? Bang, yeah, I think. Bang's right. a real drink? Them, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. Bang. Uh, the book is available now? It is, yeah. All right. Where can you pick it up? Anywhere? Uh, anywhere. Um, you know, the comic book shops hopefully have it stocked up. and um, In the Twilight Zone, obviously. In the Twilight Zone. It's very zone. popular yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's like but being yeah, big it, it is available. Cool. So the Twilight Man, check that out. And we're going to move on with our next section, which we like to call the stack. Yeah, we do. Yeah, the they're comics. over there. Ooh, they're over there. He's hiding them. There you go. There nice. you go. Uh, all right. I have the stack. We're going to talk about a couple of books that came out this week and chat about that. First one we're going to talk about is Justice League. Number 34 from DC Comics. Mm -hmm. Pass it over to you if you want to take a look over there. this is the end of the Justice League Doom War, which yeah. is the huge storyline that they've been building on to the entire time. The Justice League is pushing justice in the universe. They love justice. The Legion of Doom is pushing doom in the universe. Checks out. And it all comes down to this. Every single good guy in the multiverse versus every single bad guy in the multiverse. Uh, should we talk about the big spoiler at the end here? That Doom wins. Doom wins. Yeah. The end. The end. That's it. That's the last comic. So thank life. you so much for coming to our show. Uh, we had a good we've run. We've done our service. <laughs> <laughs> and we lost because we've yes. been uh, pushing justice too. What do you think about the storyline and how do you think about uh, how it wrapped up? Uh, I mean, it is wildly complicated what's going on. Um, it's a a f- uh, mythical figure that created the multiverse named Perpetua. Um, she had three sons, the Monitor, the Anti-Monitor, and another dude. And they... Yeah, he was like a big troll elf. The, a lot of them are sort of larger... Uh, troll elves. Troll elves. Um, back then, it was a hardier time, so you had to sure. be like sort of stockier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird because she's also... She's very stretched out. She is. She's very tall. They're very short. Huh. You never know. Hmm. It's probably the whole uh, eat the fat, eat the lean thing. Uh, uh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> this is your diet scam, right? Yeah. Uh, your uh, pills that... Uh, <laughs> yes. My, uh, my wife eats all the fat. I only eat the lean. And between the two of us, seems we like, lick the platter clean. <laughs> seems like a prank. Doesn't yeah. seem nice. Uh, the name of the diet is lick that platter. <laughs> wow, you guys need silverware, uh, and you're going to love these napkins as far as a way to get ahead very of your excited technology. About that. Very excited. Um, anyway, all the heroes have gathered together. There's some nth metal stuff involved here. Um, they've been gathering these objects from different time periods, different heroes. Uh, Starman plays a huge role. You know, I'm psyched about yeah, that. Yeah, man, all uh, the Starmans, all the Starmen, and. Uh, 
they get it all together, and because a hot girl is uh, just a little too uh, distracted with revenge, it all fucks up. Classic hawk girl. Did you realize that the cover says Doom wins? So it's like, it's it's kind of a spoiler. I'll tell you what, that's why we didn't feel too bad spoiling it. I'll tell you, that's a, not a great editorial move. Nope. <laughs> yeah. They've been doing that. We talked about that last week a little bit, too. It's one of my least favorite things with the cover of a book is like, and here's the last page of the book. Yeah. But to be fair, there are other things that happen in here, I guess. Many other things. Yeah. Um, it's also, there's just, and this is not a knock against it because I actually think it's great, but they're just the specifics of all the things. Lex Luthor has um, gone through this change where he died and came back as this god, and he's wearing Martian Manhunter as a suit, basically. Yeah. Who he like, t- murdered him, but he's probably not going to be dead. And he's wearing a Martian Manhunter suit. And right. that's just a stated thing well, that's, that's happening like, in this car. That's what you're doing with Pete, right? Yes, yeah, so all these clothes are made of Pete. <laughs> uh, ironically, I made this Cyclops t shirt out of Pete. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show ultimate him. bird. Ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah, this is big. This is complicated. Certainly when you try to think about it in terms of like, I always think about uh, Death of Superman, which I've read a couple of times. When you read through it, mostly. Whoa, okay. Got time on your hands. Uh, yeah, just, you know, bragging a little bit. Uh, you re- When you read that book, mostly it's a good story. It's well laid out, particularly the last issue when Superman dies is very big and very powerful. But there's things in there where it's like, oh, right. I kind of remember when Lex Luthor was a big guy with a red beard. Oh, he yeah. was dating <laughs> Supergirl who was made out of goo and not actually Supergirl. Yeah. Kind of remember that. I don't that. remember and that stuff. Right? But yeah. there's stuff in that in the middle, and it brings it to a crashing halt when you get to that. And I feel like it's the same thing with this sort of thing, where it's like, there's so much shit going on in here. I, I don't even know how this is going to hold up in a month, let alone 10 years from now. Well, yeah, I think that's true. But even back then, the pace of storytelling we were talking about with The Twilight Zone, uh, the pace of storytelling was just slower. So you could be like sort of linger with Lex Luthor with a beard. Uh, Bibbo gets a lot of hang time and the death of Superman. <laughs> yeah. And that's just a good, like a random man yeah. who's like, I love Superman. Yeah. I'm going to pull some rubble off people. Uh and in this, it's so fast. There's so much happening. I think it would be very hard to pick up an issue and understand it, even years from now. Because like even, you said, you're uh, aging. Later on. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, nothing, go ahead. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. You're going to have to speak up. Nice. Uh, I, but I do, <laughs> like, I, it sounds like we're being critical, but I do like yeah. this story. Oh, I agree. It's very dense. There's a ton of things going on. Uh, but at least it's going for something. At least it's changing the way the DC multiverse works. It's changing the mythology where people are so tentative about this sort of thing. They hit the same storytelling modes over and over and over again, and this is actually feeling like it's pushing things forward. And maybe Doom winning's going to be fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a problem with Doom winning. Yeah. There you go. There it is. Let's move on to a Marvel comic book, Spider-Man number two from Marvel Comics. Uh, very excited about this new character just introduced... In issue one, of course, uh, he was not bitten by a radioactive spider. He's just the son of a Spider-Man. But he is still a Spider-Man in his yes, own right. Yes, race. So this is by J.J. Abrams and his son, Henry Abrams, I, I want to say, really. uh, who wrote the book together. Uh, Sarah Bocelli is on art, which is fantastic, of course. And this is Spider-Man's son. This is a older, more upset Peter Parker, uh, who is mostly absent from his son's life. His son figures out that he has spider powers. Well, what happened was uh, yes. a sort of corpse robot named Cadaverous murdered right. Mary Jane, and uh, Peter Parker was sad. Yes. Oh, rightly so. And he then just gave up on 
on being a father to his son, and his son is mad at him, but still lives with Aunt May, who is somehow still alive. Is he right? missing a hand here? Is he that is uh, yes. Cadaverous <laughs> broke off or ruined his hand or something like that. So Spider-Man has a hook hand. Okay. It's a whole Peter Pan thing, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, oh, interesting. This... Uh, the art in this is great. He yeah. also looks a little bit like Keanu Reeves, which is confusing to me. It oh, is yeah. confusing. And I'll tell you what, if you flip back a couple more pages, um, new Spider-Man, child Spider-Man rescues a dude, and I think it's this is a cameo of that dude from Heroes. It's Greg Brunberg. Fuck that guy. Why does he keep showing up places? <laughs> they, uh, he was in kindergarten with J.J. Abrams. Yeah, I know, but so? I don't know. You be in kindergarten with J.J. Abrams. Was it a big formative time for J.J.? I guess so. this guy is, gets to be in Star Wars, he gets to be in all this J.J. stuff, and they, he's in, he's drawn into this book, too. Yeah, here, I'm telling you what, something happened in kindergarten there, where somebody, his kindergarten teacher, J.J. Abrams was like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Famously so. Was That's like, what happens in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. That's how Hollywood, Hollywood works. works. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I know how it works. You don't need to tell me. Do you? I don't think yeah. you do. Uh, it's going to change a little bit of the accent that I was going to do in this uh, made-up story, but let's keep going with it. So uh, he probably went up to J.J. Abrams and was like, uh, you tell me what's in this box. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what's in this box here? And J.J. Yeah. was like, I don't know, and that's magical. And then he made every movie around that. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, we owe uh, the Star Wars rejuvenation to Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this is, it's a little, the, I, I'm surprised how much the son, so this book written by a father and son team, the son hates the father yeah. so hard. <laughs> he hates That's the weird. father so much for him. He's like, you, you you're know, always gone on your business trips, dad. You yeah, know what my theory is? It's probably like J.J. Abrams is like, I'm too busy. My assistant's going to write this with you. And then the son is like, oh, my God, dad, I hate you. And maybe Anything. that's what happened, yeah. If I were JJ, I would read it through before I send it off to be published, though, because right. this doesn't, it looks weird. It does look weird. Uh, to be fair, Henry Abrams is like in his 20s, so it's not like he's like, I'm 12, I'm writing a comic book. What movie did he grow up in? Uh, <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Yes, very good. We're eating meat tonight, boys, he would always say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is weird how much uh, new. Uh, I think his, I'm assuming his name is Ben. Uh, I think Ben Parker here uh, hates his dad, burns the Spider-Man costume. Then uh, a girl shows up to be like, "Let's go be heroes together," and he's just mad because he burned the Spider-Man. Right, character. and the girl is like, "I'm going to dress up almost exactly like Black Cat." Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the standout for me right now is Sarah Pacelli's art on yes, this. Yes, definitely. Um, and the teen angst, or 20s Yeah, angst. teen angst is good. I need to see a little bit more of this story and where this is going, frankly. Yeah. Uh, because it was very surprising with the first issue, the direction they went in. The fact that they seem to be continuing this alternate future is interesting. I don't know the deal with Cadaverous. It doesn't seem like a very Spider-Man villain to me at the current time. Yeah. Uh, but... Again, he the, looks like the uh, Doctor Smith from um, Lost in the Lost in Space movie. <laughs> right, it feels like there's a twist with him. He's gonna you be floated going. right past that, but that was a horrible reference. <laughs> to uh, and well, let me just not to dwell on this, but if I brought a friend of mine from my kindergarten to sure. this show and was like, "Hey, don't worry about him. <laughs> He's just here with me all the time." Wouldn't you be like, "Let it go, dude"? Uh, no, I, I would support you. Nope. You, you support me? Would you about my friend that doesn't contribute? No, your much. friend needs to get the fuck out of here. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Let's move on and talk about Captain America number 15, also from Marvel Comics. 
How are you feeling about this book, Justin? Uh, so Captain America was... Uh, Pete talks about this a lot, how much he hates that Captain America um, was a an alternate version of him, um, was revealed by uh, Nick Spencer's run to be this uh, horrible Hydra leader, uh, sort of secret Nazi, all this. Uh, I heard about that. You heard about it, a lot of angry. I, I thought it was an interesting story. It was great. Repositioned Captain America. And this is sort of dealing with the aftermath. He was in jail for a lot of this uh, run so far. Now he's working with... Um, a team of women who the sister daughters of the revolution, I think is their name. And they are just going after targets um, that uh, are out in the world. So wait, so is he, how did they solve that? That he's, that he's a Hydra agent. No, he's not a Hydra agent anymore. There was another Captain America, the real Captain America, I guess. Uh, Uh, Captain Steve Rogers back in the day, uh, a cosmic cube was used to change Steve Rogers life. So it was the real, that was the big, Angry point. It wasn't a clone. It was the real Captain America who just grew up in a being affected by uh, fascism, basically, wow. to be a bad guy. And they sort of split the characters in two. Um, the cosmic hue went back and changed it. So now this actual Nazi Captain America still exists in the Marvel right. universe. Right. He's just in prison currently. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So they created a new villain. Basically. Right. They yeah. created a new villain who's an evil Captain it's America. Nice but save. the rest of the world is like. Ah, that seems a little ridiculous to me. It probably is just one Captain America, and they're all faking it. Mm, So people seem very disillusioned in the concept of Captain America. They're disillusioned in the concept of America, comma, Captain. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Which is a very potent metaphor, so I think that's all good. You know, that's a good setup there. There's a lot going on in this book. I think the art is very good. It's very layered. This, almost more than anything feels like a book that is going to be better to read and trade to me. Well, I think it it just feels like it's waiting. uh, I'm waiting for something to happen. It feels like it's a little bit like uh, getting little bits and pieces of the story when I want to hear, like, I want to see the big bang where it's like, okay. All the character stuff is good throughout. Ta-Nehisi Coates is doing a fantastic job writing it. Uh, As I mentioned, it is a very good metaphor there, but uh, at the same time, it's moving so slowly. It's tough to see any plot moment. Yeah, and you sort of want him to either like become nomad and travel around to like rediscover America like he did back in the 70s or whatever, or fully commit to being Captain America. He's sort of in this middle ground where he's wearing the old shield uniform that has like the, the stripes on his chest, and it's like uh, a middle ground. And like, Yeah. If I wanted to see people stand around and talk about what America means today, I'd go to Twitter. Wow. <laughs> And for those of you that aren't here, Alex did a strong take to the audience on that. <laughs> Full neck extension, yeah. eyes open, glasses true. popped off his head like a comic book. I'm wearing that Yoda mask right now. That's true. My Let's new not shoes forget. and dressed entirely in napkins. Let's not forget he is wearing the Yoda mask and has been the entire show and yes. may never take it off. Yeah. This it's, is like, it's like the Yoda mask is your version of the Joker makeup from the movie yeah. The Joker. When you bring me out, introduce me as Yoda. That's that's a very cute wait, voice. Hold on, wait. Bring me out. Introduce Yoda. You will never mind. That's good. I don't know. I, I gave up. The attempt one. is good. Yeah. You know what we'll do is we'll record you doing it right afterwards, <laughs> and we'll just drop yeah, we'll it just in. Seamlessly. Weave it in. We do a lot of very heavy editing on the show. So I've done my Yoda impressions, but yeah. I'm not going to do it here. Oh, okay. it felt Ooh. like you were about to just you were about to just stunt on Alex. You were about to challenge Alex. No, no, no. Yoda off. Yoda off. Two Yodas enter. One Yoda leave. Yeah. <laughs>
No. Oh, oh, you got so oh, close. So close. So close. All right, we'll close. see if we can get him to do it. That is it for the stack. Uh, hilarious. We are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because y'all make it up. It is your audience questions. For that, we're going to come out to you, and we've got nothing for you today, <laughs> because Pete takes care of basically everything on this show. We're I know. Usually. We make fun of him being the star of trivia, but he is the star of bringing the stuff we give away, right. which is... Stupid of us. Right. Uh, I've got some shoes to give away. Oh, and Ouch. Uh, I have a feeling we could get a napkin out of everybody. <laughs> That's a question. All right. Uh, you, sir, what's your name? What's your question? Uh, my name is Kevin. And certainly Twilight Zone has had a huge impact and legacy, you know, throughout the history of television. Um, you know, for example, I mean, have you ever seen an anthology series since that wasn't heavily indebted, you know, to that show in particular. Mm. Uh, what are some of the aspects of, you know, the, that legacy that, you know, intrigue you? Um, well, the, the book itself actually, you know, follows the life of, of Rod Serling until his death. So it kind of ends in 1975. And the sad thing was that he didn't really get to see the crazy legacy um, that, you know, the influence. Talking about J.J. Abrams, he's like a number one fan of Rod Serling. And there was a, sh- there was a show that Serling, I think, tried to make or made a- one season called The Lost People, The New People. Mm. And uh, it's a bunch of people crash on an island and they're trying to, like, create a new civilization. And um, so wow. there's, there's many, many, many things. And, and the sad thing was that he really didn't get to see it. He didn't really get to see The Twilight Zone become a cult show uh he kind of um you know he thought he made this hokey show and and uh he really wanted to be like this esteemed writer uh or playwright and um and i think that's the maybe like the tragic side of it but yeah you still see it till today and and like i mentioned black mirror is super indebted to it and there was even an episode of black mirror that was kind of um winking towards night gallery i don't know if you saw that but Mm, um uh, the it was called the Black Museum. Yes, uh, and even like you know, finding out that Planet of the Apes was co- co-written by uh, Rod Serling, and and then there's so many Planet of the Apes. Um, uh, but it really goes beyond that. It's like there's so much stuff out there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that about Planet of the Apes, but it checks out with the reveal <laughs> right. at the end. Yeah, the uh, end. Yeah, there's like a Rod there's Serling. a big argument about who is who did this. Did he write the ending or he didn't write the ending? But for what I can tell, he actually, of course, did write the ending. I mean, it's like a signature Rod Serling yeah, ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy a twist it, ending. Yeah. Yeah. The other dude's like, it was I do earth. twists too. I'm a random person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a, again reminds me of The Simpsons where Homer walks out of the theater and he's like, I can't believe it was Earth all along. And everybody's. Yeah, like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Good show. Check out The Simpsons. Let's really get the next question. <laughs> you, sir, what's your name? What's your question? Hi, my name is Kier. And yeah. with um, Twilight Zone being an anthology series, are there any like comics that you have read or. Any of you guys that have read that follow that same pattern of like horror, sci-fi, anthology series that could match well with Twilight Zone? Well, I mean, we talk about this book a lot. Uh, I'm sure I'm stealing the answer from Alex, but Ice Cream Man from Image, it's been running for, I think it's like 15 issues now. Yeah, it's around there. Is like 
a great uh, Twilight Zone sort of analog. It's uh, super horrifying. There's a loose uh, connection with uh, the main character, Ice Cream Man. Or he's not the main character. He's a recurring character. But they are standalone stories that are truly horrifying. One of the scariest comics I think we've ever read. And it definitely feels like in the spirit of Rod Sterling. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing where, as Justin mentioned, each issue is its own standalone horror story. There's always something very emotionally targeted towards the main character, which is what I think puts it more in line with Twilight Zone than anything else. Uh, But at the same time, it definitely airs more horror where there's giant bugs crawling all over people and blood and gore, but not in a slasher sense, more in... Whatever is going to be worst for whatever the character is feeling, that's what they physically see, courtesy of this character, the Ice Cream Man, that pops in and out of the stories. The current run of Incredible Hulk, I feel like, has... It's not an anthology, but the way the the storytelling it sort of starts in different places in each issue, and I think that sort of feels a little Twilight Zone-y uh, in that way. Particularly the first couple of issues, it was Immortal Hulk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first couple of issues were... Standalone before it started to go very heavily serial, uh, and same sort of thing. That to me felt a little more tales from the crypty, almost. Yeah, uh, kind of, I guess, or uh, less like laughing weird man. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, yeah, then Here, that, yeah, there wasn't anybody making puns. There I also was feel skull. like yeah, tales from the crypt. I always feel like those episodes were like sort of a fuck around. Like the <laughs> crypt were like, sure. check out this story. A topless woman is in it. And it's like <laughs> okay, I don't know what's the horror you're doing. Here. Uh, I mean, listen, when you're. Uh, Teen, early teen, and you're in a hotel room by yourself while your parents have gone out and you're on vacation. Tales of the Crypt is pretty good. Wow. A little window inside the mind of Alex Salvin. I'm just saying. Uh, great. We've no. all had that experience. Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, do, do you have an answer for that one? Any comics that come to mind that are Twilight Zone? Um, no, I don't, I don't think I, I, I have a good answer. I Yours mean, would uh, be a good... Yours feels like Yeah, that yeah. It's you know, <laughs> vaguely related. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, I think we have another question over here. Yeah. What's your name? What's your question? Okay. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> name's Caesar. I was, I was coming here and I was going to say a question that had nothing to do with Twilight Zone. That's okay. Now I'm like, damn, I should have a question. No, no ask the okay. random question. A it's random very Twilight Zone. Oh, first off, happy birthday, sir. It's nice. It's a little That's early. A good one. It's a little early. Myself. That's good. <laughs> That's this question, enough. this question is the ultimate gift. What? <laughs> Actually, it's comic book related and kind of Halloween related. Um, are they? Uh, do you know anything about uh, any reboot of the Swamp Thing? Hmm. Because I, you guys probably remember, of course, the movie with Adrian Barbeau and the hokey swamp and all that. But I remember when it first came out, the first story in one of the DC Comics uh, anthology series that was a Beautiful. You've, you've read the story, of course. It's a beautiful story, well written, well well uh, drawn, and it was classic. I liked the series whenever I caught it when I was a kid. I'm aging myself. Um, <laughs> and I, then the movie came out. I didn't bother to see it. I saw it on TV, and I thought, yeah, it's, this is dumb. Charming, but dumb. And I'm thinking, is anyone planning to do a remake of it? And then actually base it on the original. Storyline. I mean, the original 
So there was a Swamp Thing series on DC Universe that just played uh, for a couple of weeks, and that was more serialized. It was based a little bit on the Alan Moore stuff, but it also worked in some of the more modern stuff as well. It was pretty schlocky, if anybody checked it out. Mm. Um, the first episode, I thought, was uh, bad, like uh, straight up bad. It did get to a place where there were some pretty gross kills that were super fun if you're into horror stuff. It's still pretty cheap looking, pretty dumb, but it started to feel a little... It leaned into the B-movie nature of it by about episode three. But there was a ton of stuff that went on behind the scenes that... I don't think we'll ever find out exactly what happened, but there seemed to be production issues. There were some money issues. I actually did some digging into it uh, for work for my day job and ended up uh, talking a little bit to certain boards down in, I want to say, wasn't Louisiana. I think they were filming it in Georgia, though I could be wrong about that. Checks out. Uh, but there were certain tax credits that they were promised or thought they were going to get that they did not get. So they ended up millions of dollars short and ended up shutting down the production three episodes before it was supposed to end. Wow. So that's a long way of saying there was a really messed up process in terms of the show. It got canceled. It's the only thing on DC Universe that's gotten canceled. So, uh, yeah, it got yeah. canceled before it even aired uh, for kind of good reasons. Uh, but I think... Because of all that behind-the-scenes stuff, I don't think they're going to reboot it anytime soon. That said, I could see them doing something like what they did with uh, Constantine, where that show got canceled, and then they folded certain elements into the CW shows or other shows. Uh, the Swamp Thing, uh, the guy who played Swamp Thing, I'm blanking on his name, but it's the same guy who played Jason in the more recent movies, Derek Mears, is that right? Uh, something like that. Uh, and he was actually pretty good. Like, that effect was good. The suit was good. So I could see them being like, oh, we'll just take it and move it over here, and that's what we'll do. But in terms of an anthology series, I think that's out of the realm of possibility for at least a couple of years. Uh, we had another question over here? Oh. No. no, I just wanted to mention that when I found out about Swamp Thing, I cringed when I found out that if they were going to do those, if it was going to be full 13 episodes... The last episode was going to hint of a possibility of a Justice League Dark kind of thing. And I was like, why, why Warner Brothers? Why don't you make a Justice League Dark? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't end up going for that. Instead, they finally brought in, I never pronounced his name right, but Woodrew. Yeah, everyone's yeah. favorite character. Yeah, they were like, here's Woodrew. And I was like, he's like right, something, but he's just a treat. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, we see a question over here. Uh, come on up. What's your name? What's your question? My name is Arlen Schumer. Hey, Corin. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Long time nice. no see. So Rod Serling has said that all he ever wanted to be remembered as was as a writer. So my question to you, having studied his work now and probably seen a lot of his uh, plays, not only just Twilight Zone, in the end, is Rod Serling just a great television writer or did he make it as a great writer? Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I think he is a great writer because he wrote these incredible, um, basically you could say they're plays for television, um, and they were very potent and they were ahead of their time. Um, and, you know, just saying, well, it was set on TV, 
doesn't necessarily like make it any less than like an off Broadway or a Broadway show. So no, I think he definitely was a a great writer and, and um, you know, he was kind of came in and, you, you know, there was time in his life where he was more focused. And then there were times where I think after towards the end of the twilight zone and, and after the twilight zone where he kind of maybe like his writing kind of came out of focus and became less concise. Cause I, I remember watching one of the movies that he wrote. Um, I forget which one it is, but it's about like a, um, a bomb scare or something like that. Uh, I forget the, the name Speed? of it. Speed? No, yeah, basically. No, but... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> but but he, he would go into these, like, you have his characters go into these, like, long, heavy speeches, and I'm like, I, I had to fast-forward some of that stuff. So, um, so I think, you know... You know, like everybody has good stuff and bad, not so good stuff, but he's made some beautiful pieces of television history, basically. What are his theatrical plays like? His what? His theatrical plays. Oh, um, they're really good. They actually, a lot of them were turned into movies. Uh, There's one called uh, Requiem for a Heavyweight that you can still watch. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you can still watch it, I think. Someone has it on YouTube. And then it was remade as a movie, and it has... um, uh, Cassius Clay at the beginning, which is really strange. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, he has, like, some really good stuff. Um, so the famous ones are, are, are really good. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. All right. Uh, real quick, any other questions? Another one over here. What's your name? What's your question? I'm John. Um, so Captain America ran by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, mm-hmm. I think we can fairly say he's rebooted uh, Black Panther, um, but he's probably best known for his work in The Atlantic, which isn't really where you'd expect comic book writers to come from. Um, what kind of, like, heavyweight, like, writers, stroke thinkers would you like to see reboot a franchise? And which franchise? Interesting. A literary star. Literary uh, star. Coming in. I mean, obviously, we're very well read. Yes. Uh, outside of comic I'd books. I'd love to see <laughs> Tom Clancy. That's good, yeah. <laughs> Huge. A lot of work in the Atlantic. Yes. I love his articles. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Who are literary heavyweights these days? <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell? Not a great fiction sure. writer. <laughs> Non-fiction I, comic the book. tipping point. Yeah. A good villain. Yeah. Uh, just a series of numbers for the villains. Yes. I, I know that uh, uh, Margaret Atwood was doing the, yeah. and I heard that wasn't that good, right? Did you read that? The, what did you? No, Margaret Atwood, wasn't she doing, no, I'm getting confused. No, she did a comic book. She did, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did a comic book for Dark Horse, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty weird. We, read, we reviewed the first issue of it. Yeah. Uh, but good. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is not a literary person, but the first person that came to mind when you said this is Ava DuVernay. Uh, just uh. because she's working with Tom King right now in the New Gods movie. Yeah. Bring her in. Let her take over the comic books. I mean, I know they have their own take, but they're going to do a crisis shortly and wipe all of DC continuity clean anyway. So bring her in. Have her and Tom King take over New Gods comic books. Do their own take on it. I think that would be awesome. That would be very cool. Yeah. That's a great answer. Who would you want to see on that same realm? Not necessarily a literary person, but somebody that's more high-minded that hasn't necessarily been involved. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, we've definitely (laughs) covered him. I think he has a lot of good takes. 
Yeah. Uh, I would love to see him do it in the garden cop comic book. <laughs> I dare anyone to translate what you just said into that microphone. I couldn't hear a single uh, thing you said. Uh, uh, it would be funny, actually, if uh, <laughs> if his superhero name was the tuber and people were like, you're the tuber writer. He'd be like, I'm not the tuba. That's uh, good. <laughs> keep, his, keep his secret identity. Yeah, exactly. It'd be pretty funny. Sorry, we, did you ask a high-minded question a minute ago? <laughs> we <laughs> took it low real fast. <laughs> yeah, before you slipped it's into It's his your... fault. It's his fault. Uh, he did this. Yeah. It's uh, our nice. guest's fault. Um, Do you have anybody like that? Anybody like... Uh, somebody who has been outside of comics that you'd like to see brought in? Oh, I'm Who's out. outside of comics? Everybody's anymore? in Nobody? comics now. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Everybody's inside of comics except for Ava DuVernay. Tarantino. Yeah, Tarantino. Yeah, yeah sure. He's about to finish his final movie, so maybe he can move into comic books and right. write a draw and make an artist draw a bunch of feet. <laughs> Didn't there was a talk that was there was a talk that he would do a, a Star Wars or he was joking around or, Star, or Star Trek. Trek? Yeah, yeah uh, still supposed to, to do it. that. It's supposed to be an R-rated Star Trek movie. Uh, that's funny. I'd watch that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but is he's down? He said he's only ever going to make ten movies, right? And isn't the next one his last one? And he's going to—that's what he Star says. Trek. He's going to write books after that. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Cool. I, like books, yeah. maybe. I mean, what an easy bridge that would be. Yeah, he he has a very comic book sensibility, actually. Yeah. Uh, you want to see some Tom Hanks comic books? Sure. He's a high-minded literary figure. What would you right? want him on? What superhero <laughs> title would you want Tom Hanks on? Mm, Bosom Buddies? <laughs> is that a... uh, that's, I really like what Marvel is doing with that, but I feel like <laughs> yeah. mostly they've messed up the continuity at this point. Superman's sure. best friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah he could he would that, be good yeah. at that. Yes. All-American yeah. comics. Uh, great question. Yeah. Great answers. Just yeah, definitely great answers. <laughs> and that's it for your audience questions. Yeah. All right. Now, guys, unfortunately, this is the point of the show where we usually do trivia, but as we mentioned, uh, Pete takes care of everything. Uh, when, like, uh, Pete is the star of trivia, and um, yes. when the star of like a Broadway show doesn't show up, the show goes dark. <laughs> that's true. There's no such thing as understudy. We don't have an Pete doesn't have an understudy. Who would understudy Pete? Yeah. It doesn't exist. I don't know. Is there like a ball of angry fuzz somewhere or something? We should get understudies for each of us. I'm gonna <laughs> why don't we each bring in a kindergarten friend who can sit backstage <laughs> I'm on and it, just man. wait to come out. Absolutely. You have a lot of kindergarten friends, right? My main kindergarten friend is Greg Grunberg. Oh yeah? Yeah. Me and J.J. Abrams went to kindergarten. Oh, you went to kindergarten in <laughs> yeah, kindergarten I, cap as well? Not doing as well. Actually, I, this reminds me. I had a friend that grew up in Hollywood, and he was like in high school with Lou Ferrigno's daughter. So that's kind really? of a funny, yeah. yeah. So he was Lou like, Ferrigno's daughter. Yeah, and she was like real big. and Really? Yeah. She, 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 Hulk, yeah. she, she Hulk. There we go. We so cast just, it. I, I just had that. I mean, I didn't, huh. I, I didn't grow up in Hollywood, so I have no good story, so I'm telling yeah. my friends. No, story. neither do I. I no other connection. than Greg, of course. Little Greggy. Yeah, cool. As we all know, tomorrow is New Comic Book Day. We recommend to go to Midtown Comics because they've been nice enough to sponsor the show. Justin. Uh, what to look forward to tomorrow. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Marauders number one is coming out uh, from yeah. Marvel Comics. This is the first in the rebooted X-Men line that is not by Jonathan Hickman. So it's going to be a real test of the pudding. Excuse me? <laughs> a test of the pudding. You said. Uh, definitely mixing up. Two expressions. I don't know which ones, though. Um, are, do you think you're British or something? Wait, proof is, is in British? the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. 
That's uh, not applicable here. You're, you know what? It's a real test of the pudding, is what Pete, you're saying. Pete's sickness has definitely seeped on me, so we're going to wrap this up here. Uh, but I'm excited to see whether all of the things that Jonathan Hickman has set up in these issues of X-Men pan out when another writer takes them on. We are going to have a review of that in our Stack podcast, which rolls out in the Comic Book Club live feed, as well as its own Stack feed every Wednesday at 9 a.m., Justin, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Ascender number six from oh, Image yeah. Comics. Uh, this is a uh, series um, that was uh, was Descender for a long time about uh, robots that uh, destroy a bunch of uh, humans in space. And it has totally changed in this new series, Ascender, and it's about the rise of magic and Excuse me, uh, and robots existing at the same time, and how that affects the characters. And it's in the portion of the story where they're sort of gathering everyone together uh, after they've faced this cataclysm, and it's great. Yeah, fantastic Such a good book. Yeah, Corinne, plug your stuff. What oh, should people man. check out? Um, I would just mention my stuff because yeah, sure. I, I, I thought you were going no, to ask me to talk no, about no, it. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Just <laughs> upcoming plug your own uh, stuff. A superhero comics, but uh, so yeah, I have the new book out. Um, uh, Rod Serling. Uh, um, <laughs> It's called The Twilight Man, Rod Serling, The Birth of Television. Uh, and you can find out my other books um, online on Um And I also had one other graphic novel came out this year called Highwayman. So if you like science, sci-fi, uh, you might like that one. So, yeah. Oh, what yeah. is that? Tell us what that's about. Uh, that is about a man who cannot die, and he's trying to figure out what is the reason for his immortality. And it kind of oh. goes into leaps, big leaps into the future. Uh, so there's maybe sometimes 100 or 200 years between episodes. So Cool. No, it's kind of like Highlander without the heads being decapitated and, oh, yeah. and Sean, uh, Sean Connery with rouge on his face. So. Oh, you don't have a dolled up Connery? Yeah, basically I took out all the good stuff from it. <laughs> <laughs> it still has a Queen soundtrack though, right? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, definitely check out all of that. A couple of things we want to plug before we go. The show is free to come see and free to listen to, but it does cost us a little bit of money to do if you want to support it patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a bunch of other podcasts including watchman watch our watchman podcast that is now into recapping the hbo show we have so first... good we haven't even talked about the show on this show no we haven't watchman but show. it was pretty excellent very good yes so we have a big recap of that up in the watchman watch feed also we're going to be exclusively rolling out only in the watchman watch feed a bonus episode on thursdays that's going to break down what's coming up, answer questions, etc. So that first episode will be launching there on Thursday. Riverdale After Dark, our Riverdale podcast is also back. That rolls out Wednesdays after that show airs. Justin, what else do you want to plug? Uh, follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. A couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank Gren for being on the show. Yeah. Boothman Prime. Boothman Prime. But most of all, we want to thank you all. We are here every single Tuesday, totally free. Please tell your friends good night. Good night, guys. Thank you. Let's go.